Sonic Collective. My name is Alan, and joining me as always, we've got Scotty Gregory, Darren Scott, and Scott Coates. Once again, to that. Hey, hey. The Collective. And for June 2020, uh, we reviewed Africa Bambara, Planet Rock. And that was my pick for the month. Um, I picked that mostly because a friend suggested I listen to it. He said it was kind of like a good starting point for hip hop, because if you uh, have been following the Sonic Collective, we are on a, a bit of a old school hip hop kick for this round. So uh, yeah, old school hip hop doesn't get much older than Africa Bombada, uh, in case you missed our actual pick uh, podcast. We basically, this, this, uh, this artist, originally known as Lance Taylor, AKA Africa Bombada, got a start in the New York party scene uh, back in the late seventies where he was a DJ, um, you know, kind of brushing shoulders with the likes of Grandmaster Flash and other people in that New York hip hop party scene. And uh, uh, Lance Taylor, AKA Africa Bombada, founded what he called the Universal Zulu Nation, which was basically just a collective of socially and politically aware uh, rappers and, and artists and things like that. So um, from from that grouping, they started making their own music and we reviewed basically a compilation album, Planet Rock. The album was a compilation album and that featured Africa Bombada along with um, a number of his, his friends and cohorts who called themselves the Soul Sonic Force. So um, really an influential album for many reasons. It was kind of a, a highly influential for early hip hop as well as the culture around hip hop. And it, it really brought what was underground into the mainstream for the first time for a, for a new audience to enjoy. And uh, with that, why don't I throw it over to Scott Gregory for his, uh, his take on this one? Yeah. So uh, first, you got to love the name, you know, like you brought up Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five. I love those really long descriptive names like Africa Bambata and the Soul Sonic Force. So uh, I didn't know what to think going into this thing. But uh, oh, my God, it was so 80s, which makes sense because it's like 1986. But like the keyboards, the drum machines, the scratching, if you were trying to crystallize that early 80s rap sound, particularly out of New York, right? When you think of like Run DMC and Grandmaster Flash and these guys, uh, you you couldn't develop a test better <laughs> than just patterning off of this album. Uh, very funky. Uh, I found it started out kind of light and whimsical and then started getting progressively harder, a little bit of an edge to them and stuff like that. Uh, it was pretty good. I mean, Planet Rock, Oh, those beeps and those boops will last with me forever now after this month. But what what you really need to do is you need to watch the video for, for that song because the official video just, like you said, the underground scene that it was attached to, the people dancing in it, everything like that, you just get a snapshot of the culture visually that this album does for you sonically, right? Um, 
I think the biggest surprise on this album for me was that I finally got to listen to the original Renegades of Funk. And I was like, what is going on here? Like, like I had only ever heard the the Rage version, right? And it took me like a week to just get the the Zach version out of my head so that I could actually grade this song uh, on its own. And like I, I think of the, like the the lyrics of the other songs out there, like Go Go Pop, and they're like, "What did we get into? Trouble Funk? What are we going to do? Take the people on a flight? Where to? To the Go Go stop? Let's go to the Go Go. Let's go to the Go Go. Let's go to the Go Go." And the same guy who wrote that wrote Renegades of Funk, and I'm just like, it, it blew my mind, right? So, um. I think my favorite song on this was really Who You Funkin' With. Uh, I think Run DMC predates them by a year or two. And I really got, uh, you know, a Run vibe off of the the lyrics and, and the bass line, uh, everything like that. And, you know, it was really funky and the little blows in there are pretty much my favorite sample sound effect that they used on the entire album. Um yeah, I think you're right. I think this is something you need to listen to. It definitely plants a flag uh, in a moment in time, a snapshot of what rap and hip hop was in that part of the world. And um, between them, Run DMC, I keep coming back to those two, and, and Grandmaster Flash, right? There's just that real solid sound that came out of it that you can still feel the ripples coming forward to today. So I quite enjoyed it. I don't know if I would listen to it every day. You know, I, I might, uh, <laughs> one or two of them might that make reflection. it. Every day? Every day? Is, is that a question? <laughs> yes. But, uh, but yeah, I think I would come back to it every once in a while. I'd throw it onto a party mix, you know, and get people moving around. Uh, it'd, it'd be fun. It was fun to listen to. I'm really glad you picked it. Cool. Yeah, it's definitely got a certain aesthetic to it. Um, it was mentioned that this was released in 1986, but actually being a compilation album, they recorded it. Uh, I think the, the earliest track was actually recorded sometime in 1981. So oh, okay. you really get like that early, early 80s sound. Uh, the, two, the two singles off of this album were also independently released in 1983. So... Um, you know, I don't know how much music evolved between 1981 and 1986, but you've got a, you've got half a decade in there of spread, which is cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that New York sound really, you know, this is it right for that, that good five years. Yeah. Scott Coates. What about you? Yeah, this one's super interesting. Great pick. Uh, I love the historical picks, but as an album, like, man, it didn't age well to me. So I, I like early hip hop and I think it's because of the age. I think I was in grade four when Raising Hell came out in 1986 by Run DMC and Licensed to Ill in 1986. So like, I think those were the first two albums where white suburban kids actually like got exposed to rap. So I got kind of interested in the dates and it sure didn't, there's not many years before rap went mainstream. So I was thinking of like Rapper's Delight, that's 79. And then Rapture by Blondie. Strangely, I was listening to Blondie and Rapture is the first, they figure the first number one song with rap in it, right? 
she rapped in it. And then you get Planet Rock in 82, which to me, actually, how it's constructed sounds way earlier than Rapper's Delight. And then I really like White Lines by Grandmaster Flash, which is actually just one year after uh, Planet Rock. Um, and then you get, you know, four years after Planet Rock, you get Raisin Hell and License to Ill. So I find it interesting in just four years, you go from, you know, what sounds really rudimentary kind of sound with Planet Rock, not knocking it. But I mean, I just watched a documentary the other month on the 808 drum machine. I'm guessing they were using it on this. But as much as I absolutely respect. Yeah, they did. Yeah, I absolutely respect these guys, African Bombada and, and these songs for literally starting rap it didn't age well to me at all like it sounds super dated and just doesn't stand the test of time at all it reminded me of like maybe watching like an old kung fu movie or like a chuck norris movie that seems awesome but then you go back and watch it and you're like "Ooh, that did not age well at all so i mean full props but I just felt it got irritating real quick. I found all the songs kind of, I felt like I could have just been listening to the same song. They were all about two minutes long too. And I kind of wonder if these were done pre 12 inch single, because it was, it then became very common to have like the regular single version. And then someone would re-release a 12 inch extended version. But these all seemed to me like about two minutes longer than they needed to be. And they just, I, I found the beats kind of, they were real so juvenile and early that they, yeah, I can't actually imagine putting on a playlist now any of the songs because after about three minutes, I'm like, yeah, okay, that's enough. And then I just started laughing out loud listening to some of the lyrics. I think on Who You Funkin' With, it totally struck me as a song that could be in like the Karate Kid or Beverly Hills Cop is like they're trying to solve the mystery or something. Um, and then some of the lyrics like Go Go Pop, like I think this is from Go Go, which was a, a form of music, I think back in Washington State, but like, we're going to party. They keep saying it like, let's fuck, let's fuck up the land and jab that sucker. And like, you're like, yeah. wow, wow. Has, has rap ever changed? This is so innocent. So I don't mean to slag it. Like again, full props to, to African Mambada and what it is and, and what they laid the groundwork for. But I just found it like after three minutes, again, I'd start to feel irritated and it just doesn't age well. But uh, yeah, I mean, if you, if you want to know about rap, you've got to listen to this one. So uh, let's throw it over to Darren. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I remember this stuff. I always bring up my old agedness, uh, but I, I have always been into rap and I, I do remember Planet Rock. I remember when this came out. Um, I think the thing I liked about it at that time, especially was um, this is one of the first times that rap was getting away from the break beat and just going back and forth between the turntables to use the break. Uh, to basically have the rhythm and people rap over it. Now these guys are using the, the Roland 808, as Scott said. Um, and that was one of the first machines that would actually, for those that don't know, that you could program. Before it was just like the Radio Shack, Bon Tempe little uh, beat thing. It was like, and you couldn't adjust it. And so now the people could finally program their own beats and kind of design their own thing. And uh, Africa Mombata was heavily influenced uh, from, um, uh, I almost said Devo, not Devo, uh, Craftworks, uh, Trans Europe Express. They basically recreated some of that uh, in the, uh, I think in the Planet Rock song. Um, 
So I, I, I like that. So it was really, the, they were getting away from just like the two, two turntables and stealing the beats to making their own. And this was really the beginning of kind of EDM, right? Where they were really starting to do that. Uh, and a lot of people call him the godfather of kind of hip hop, EDM, and a lot of that because he was one of the first to start programming these beats and not just relying on old albums and samples. So that's cool. And second, I mean, at the time, really think like this early 80s, New York uh, coming out of the 70s and New York was a disaster. Uh, you know, we mentioned briefly, but the Black Spades was this local gang. And it's funny when you think of gangs and, uh, you know, everybody's like, oh, they just out to they were dealing drugs and hooligans. No, these gangs were actually formed because the police wouldn't go into these black communities, as we see now, Black Lives Matter. But they didn't give a shit about them in New York. They just leave them in these slums. So they formed their own gangs to protect themselves. And the Black Spades, thanks to Africa Mombata, ended up becoming one of the largest. And then they turned into this Zulu nation um, thing that helped, uh, you know, basically protect people on the street. Yeah, I'm sure if you were messing around that they were claiming territory. And I'm not saying they weren't badass in their own way. But uh, their thing wasn't, you know, dealing drugs and about uh, crime. It was trying to protect the people that lived in those communities. So kind of interesting there so they he was really making these this beats for these you know break dance was just coming out making for these street dancers i think that lends itself to explain why the songs are so long too right that i think at, back then they just these street performers would want these long beats so they could just kind of keep in this rhythm and keep doing their locking and popping and all their you know the start of b-boy dancing and all that stuff so it was really made for them and i'll give them credit for that because you know now all edm and it's just like it's produced crap for uh, radio play. I shouldn't say that about everything. That's it's not true. But um, that's where a lot of it ended up. Uh, whereas now he was just playing it for the local community and for this new style breakdown. They never thought it would take off and turn into what it did. So uh, I, I find that interesting. I agree. It doesn't. I don't think it stands the test of time very well, and that's too bad. Um, other things we've gone back and listened to, you're like, hey, that still sounds great. I think this kind of should stay in the 80s a bit. Uh, you know, I agree, maybe a song or two on a playlist, but I, I also had trouble getting through the whole album. And I, I love hip hop and I remember this this album of compilation singles. So, um, yeah, um, but I, I did like it. I mean, nobody's mentioned it yet, but uh, I mean, realize too, uh, uh, this uh, guy, and we hate to get into it, try not to make it about anything else about the music, but uh, he was basically accused and pretty much um, known to be a pedophile and abused uh, boys his whole career. So that part sucks. Alleg African Bambada. Allegedly. He never got charged because the statute of limitations ran out. That's right. Yeah, I don't think any charges were officially filed. So Allegedly. We so we don't get sued. Yeah. <laughs> Screw you, Africa Mabata, for that part, by the way. But um, yeah, anyway, um, I, I really I really like Planet Rock. I really like Renegades of Funk. And I think almost more because I love the Rage Against the Machine version of it. So it yeah. kind of, yeah, they fed it. it I kind of had a nice, fond memory there uh, of that. And I appreciate that. I think historically, this album, like I said, it, it's really, if you like hip hop, if you like rap and you want to go back and see the beginnings, um, it might sound a little dated, but it's pretty, pretty impressive and pretty cool. Um, so I really like that. Um, I think what else really, I, it's 46 minute album. I know we always talk about that. No, it's um, 13, I think, or the version I was. Oh, in. is this a, Oh, sorry. Maybe 30. I got it wrong. Yeah, I didn't short realize album. Renegades of Funk was theirs. Like I actually was like, oh, Rage yeah. has a song called that. They didn't put it together. <laughs> I knew it was a cover, but I didn't know where I never went to uh, to look it up. Right. I, and I didn't think it would be so different. So. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, it's, you know, heavily kind of cited as one of the most influential albums of all time. So uh, for, for the genre. So that, that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. I mean, but in general, you know, I did, I did like it. Uh, I, I found uh, like it was a good listen at times. Just, yeah. Like Scott said, just the beats, they didn't go too crazy with the rolling 808. They kind of like, Hey, we got this one good screw. Let's just slightly alter it. Uh, and, and kind of lastly, before we pass it on here is uh, I found I, I, I appreciate the beats and kind of what happened. I think the vocals and the rap style stuff, I don't think that's was as influential. I think a lot of times they're just like, hey, what do you say here? I don't know, just like zing, 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 in a zig, zing, zing, a little bit, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like they just, there was a lot of that in the album. You're like, okay, like you just didn't want to write lyrics there. Like, and I get you use that as a vocal element at times, but I think it was a little overplayed in this. I think they just got a little bit lazy. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Alan, any, any other thoughts? Yeah, um, I agree with you guys in, in your observation that it didn't really age well. I'm kind of viewing it through a, a retro futurism lens a little bit, because I think at the time they were really trying to, to go for a futuristic sound. They were really pushing that envelope. And uh, Africa Bambara, the person, was actually a, a pretty big fan of the, uh, the German electro, electronic music pioneers Kraftwerk which uh, if you've been following us for a while, we, we did a review on back in 2015. Kraftwerk, basically, they used all digital equipment to make music. And they were kind of the groundbreakers for doing that. And uh, they actually do have a writer's credit on Planet Rock for... Uh, they didn't actually sample any of uh, Kraftwerk songs, but they interpolated it meaning they used their equipment to basically redo it, redo it. Yeah. So, mm. um, and so I think with, with that perspective, um, yeah, it doesn't really hold up in the same way that sci-fi movies from the, uh, you know, the early eighties don't really hold up either. I mean, if you, if you ever watched the original aliens movie, which I think was released in like 78 or 79, mm. You look mm-hmm. at their computers, <laughs> it's, it's pretty funny what they thought the future would look like, right? Um, even now, we're living in 2020, and we should have hoverboards and uh, flying cars and everything. And instead, uh, apparently, maple syrup is racist. So, you know, the future never turns out quite the way you think it will. Um, but, yeah, I, I sort of echo you guys. It doesn't really hold up um musically although i think a few tracks if you if you mix them into an 80s playlist and you mix them in and out mm. despite their length uh you could probably get away with you know dropping some old school beats on people mm-hmm. i think what it's worth my favorite track was who you funkin with uh scott gregory yeah, that's good your favorite too um yeah totally i liked it yeah uh, and I mostly liked it for the uh, electric guitar parts, actually. I thought that was kind of a cool bit of sampling. Because, mm-hmm. uh, again, like back then, you didn't really see rock and hip-hop cross-pollinate all that much. So um, that was kind of like a glimpse into what Run DMC and Aerosmith would later do. Unless they did that? No, because I think that came out. I don't know when that song came out. It was later. Sometime was before 1986, right? Uh, let's find out. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. 
Um, while Scott's looking that up. Yeah, the, the <laughs> Renegades of Funk. I forgot that that was, uh, that was a cover. So when they were, the first time I went through this album and I started hearing lyrics that were familiar to me, I was like, where do I know this from? I started singing along. <laughs> like, oh yeah, this mm-hmm. was a Rage Against the Machine hit in like 1999. Mm-hmm. It's 1986. So oh, I yeah. walked this way, out. Right. So I think... Uh, you know, they Planet Rock might have actually had the the rock and roll hip hop crossover before Walk This Way, potentially. Um, yeah, so just yeah. really cool glimpse into the history of the time. And I know I've said that before on some of the other, especially the hip hop albums that we've reviewed, because um, often they're like a really good um, slideshow into the political state, what was going on at the time. Uh, you know, we saw that a lot with NWA with, with that review and the political unrest there in planet rock. There was a little bit less, uh, lyrical substance to your point, Darren, but Mm -hmm. it's, it's, yeah, it is what it is. And I think, uh, you know, considering how influential this whole thing was, you, you can't help, but, Give it a, a thumbs up and a recommendation. So on that note, let's uh, let's get into the rankings here. Scott Gregory. Oh, it's back to me again. Um, yeah, you know, like I, I think as far as influence at the time, like when it came out, I was like eight. So I wasn't really, you know, <laughs> doing anything other than listening to my mom's Elton John and Olivia Newton-John uh, cassettes slash records plus whatever country music she gave back came back home from work with but uh now looking back i could see it being a really strong influence uh on everything that i did like so i'd probably give it a four in that category uh the album itself from like am i going to sit here in 2020 and listen to it is maybe a two or a three uh but i liked it i like we mentioned the drum machines and that uh I liked the guitar. We haven't mentioned the funky bass that made its way into a lot of the songs as well, mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. And, and I really appreciated that there. So based on the strengths of the bass guitar and lyrics like Zen 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 you should listen to it at a level of a five, but you're probably only going to like it at like a three if you listen to it, people. But you should listen to it at least once. That's hard to write down what I don't know what your scores are, but I'm going to just put in some numbers. I'll say three. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it averages out to a three, but listen to okay. it at least once. Okay. I, I can jump in here. I, I'm ready. I, um, I, I'm with you on the influence. I think uh, at the time I, I did like it. I, I think it, it's a major influence uh, and influenced hip hop as well. I'm a four there. Um, uh, on the recommend side, uh, you know, I I actually think besides a few songs, I think you have to be a pretty big hip hop or uh, uh, rap kind of fan to want to go back and listen to it. I'm only going to give that a 2.5 on the recommend uh, to listen to it, but you know, it, it has historical significance, but it's, it's just dated uh, and it shows. Uh, and that puts me overall, I'm coming in at a 3.5. So that's kind of where I am. At. Okay. I'll jump in. Um, yeah. This is a tough one to score in a way. Again, I preface my seeming dislike of the album by just it being a time factor. And again, 
you can't discount that these guys are at the very forefront of a, of a, a new form of music. So recommend, I'll give a five. I think if anybody is interested in hip hop at all, you absolutely, absolutely have to listen to this album. So I give it a five on recommend. Influence, I'll give it a three. I don't remember really knowing it when it came out. I'm guessing that it was on some like breakdance albums or something that I listened to at the time. But, you know, I even went back now just and listened to White Lines again and a few of those songs. So I'll give it a three. Overall, though, I can only give it a a 2.5, just kind of with it dating. So in some respects, Mm -hmm. it should just get a five for being kind of one of the first collection of hip hop songs. Mm -hmm. Looking back at it this many years later, I'm like 2.5 because I just didn't really enjoy it. But recommend absolute five. I think historically you have to listen to it. And uh, Alan. Yeah, uh, I think I'm I'm with you guys for the most part there. I mean, I was uh, I was not really old enough to enjoy this when it first came out. But, um, you know, having listened to it today, it doesn't really influence my tastes any um largely in part to the fact that i've been into hip-hop for a long time now so um one for me as far as influence goes however because of who they influenced uh, like a lot of the artists that we all enjoy were influenced by by these guys so uh i would give it a four for recommendation because i think um if you Mm -hmm. do enjoy hip-hop and you're curious about the roots and it's a really fascinating history. Uh, it's worth it's worth exploring, and uh, and this album kind of plays right into that, especially if you are a fan of that New York hip hop scene. Uh, and then, I think overall, I'm I'm giving it a three. You know, it's it's a good album. It was a fun listen. Not something I would listen to every day, uh, but there were no tracks I, you know, loathed. There were no tracks I loved. It was just kind of interesting for me to, to kind of explore, uh, with an open mind. So yeah, I, I think yeah, all of cool. it was a, a pretty solid pick and it seems like, seems like we're all aligned. Yeah. And I would say, cause kind of closing that, you know, it's, we all alluded to it, that even though overall the score might not be the highest in a review, but I think, uh, we've all nodded either an influence or recommend that, uh, it definitely has a historical significance and, you know, a pretty amazing album for its time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's just like Scott said, it's distance from from the art, right? We're just too far away from it now to be able to really appreciate it for what it was in its context. Mm-hmm. Cool. <laughs> I, I also would recommend if you struggle with the beat, try Sour and Sage from Citizen Stash. <laughs> uh, Citizen Stash is a licensed producer in Canada. It comes in at a whopping 26.5% THC. Well, yeah, it doesn't matter what you listen to at that point. It's dynamite. Do you have a referral link that we could include? Uh, for yeah, the I'll, I'll, I'll put it on the uh, site in the uh, show notes. Sonic yeah, Collective 420 will get you a 10% discount. Yeah. Yes. That's right. I'm gonna, yeah. Hey, one of these days I'm going to get a free join out of this. For sure. Cool, man. <laughs> Send me one of them. Daniel's area and see if you can be sponsored by Ignite. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, maybe if we keep mentioning white lines, then the Colombian cartels yeah. will throw a little money. We're pretty big in South America, you know, guys. So. That's nice. true. We are. Although I don't think any of us uh, enjoy anything that creates white lines. So, Good pick, uh, Alan. It was a good little trip yes. down memory lane. Thanks. Yeah. And I'll shout out my friend Brian for the recommendation. I think it was uh, definitely a, a solid 
a solid recommendation on his part. So thanks, buddy. Okay. Uh, who's next for the for the pick? Is it Scott Gregory? I think I'm the last one in the rap cycle. Cool. All right. Cool. Look forward to it. Yeah. All right. Adios, everyone. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Uh, SonicCollective.com. Check us out on Twitter and uh, SoundCloud and uh, Spotify and everywhere else that you can consume podcasts. Pod. Exactly. Yeah, pod. Years. You've been listening well, but I'm total up to score, and I'm sorry you failed because if you fight a